um, we're here. We've, we've talked to the children um, about, about bread. We've talked to them about food. And I think that for all of us, uh, we're very aware of the reality that we need food. And, and we need to eat good food. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to this restaurant. Uh, it's called True Food Kitchen. It's in uh, Newport Beach. And um, I've always wanted to go there, but, but, but there's just something about it that makes it hard for me. And that's because they serve, they're, they're sort of a, a vegetarian restaurant. And they, they serve really, really healthy food. But if you look at the website, this is their, their statement about what they're about. And it says, you don't have to be a diehard yogi to dine at True Food Kitchen. You need only a desire to give your body nutrients and your palate something memorable. Try the kale and quinoa. Drink the sea buckthorn and acai. At True Food Kitchen, we want you to feel better, live longer, and make your mouth happy in the process. Now, that doesn't sound so bad, right? You know, of course, I don't know what sea buckthorn is. Those are pictures of them. Uh, apparently, it's a, some sort of tropical berry that tastes really bad. Uh, but when you add lots of sugar, it tastes better. Um, and, but it's supposed to be good for you. But, you know, this is the craze, right? If you come to California, if you live in California, um, you're going to be told that you need to eat healthy. You need to eat well. You need to eat good. And if you eat well and you eat good, you'll feel better. You'll live longer. And the, the big thing, though, is if we can just make it taste good. And when I read this and I think about Jesus saying that he's the bread of life and that, that God gives us food, I think, you know what? This is really even more true about what God does for us. God gives us absolutely everything we need in food, and it's always good for us. Our fear, our fear is that it won't taste good. Our fear is that if we do what God says, we eat his food, we obey what he wants, it will taste bad. But the reality is, it will taste good, and you will feel better. And I don't know if you will live longer, but you will live better as well. God has blessed us, and if we use his food and we live according to his way, we will have the best life possible. The Bible assures us that all good things come from him. The Bible tells us that God will feed us. I want us to read responsively from Psalm 104, verses 24 through 31. And I'm going to read the um, even-numbered verses. And if you would follow and read the italic and the odd-numbered verses, think about the words as we're reading them and listening to them. O oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ships sailing along? The Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. They all depend on you to give them food as they need. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them, and they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. When you give them your breath, life is created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. God takes pleasure in you. 
God takes pleasure in the food that he's made for us. God takes pleasure in the animals, the Leviathan. Some people think maybe the whale in the ocean. And God takes care of the whales. God takes care of the fish. God feeds them all. He takes care of us. Jesus is the bread of life. And he is the one who will feed our souls. He is the one that will give us true life. If you look at your outline, you'll see a short prayer under presenting myself. Just two short sentences. But I'd like us to say this together and to say it slowly. And it's written in the first person. So please say it in the same way. But let it be your prayer or let it be the desire that you wish you could pray. Let's say it together. Dear God, I am hungry, not for the food that pleasures, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which only you can give. Lord Jesus, feed me today with the bread of life. Feed me with yourself. Amen. May I say another prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise that you are the bread of life. You are the one who takes care of us. You give bread for the hungry. Father, we are hungry. Lord, help us to receive from you this bread. Help us to open our hearts to you this day. Please reveal yourself to us, Father, through your word and through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. When I go to a church other than our own, when I get to go and visit other churches, um, I listen very carefully to the sermons. Um, I like to listen to sermons. And, and when I do, I'm listening for a number of different things. But there's always three things that I really hope for. My guess is there are three things that you hope for, too. And the first one is that something inspiring will be said. There'll be something there that really grabs my attention, something that challenges me, something that's really important to my life. The second thing that I look forward to is some good illustrations. I look forward to hopefully hearing something um, that either like a funny story or really an impactful story, a true story, sentimental story, a powerful story, something that really knocks it home for me. And then the third thing is that I want to have something that will help me to be applicable in God's word. I want to have something that I can do after I hear the word of God so that it will change me and transform me. And Jesus is about to preach a sermon. And, and in this sermon, I think we will see that all three elements are there. There is an inspirational challenge that Jesus is going to give to the people. There is an illustration that he uses. And there is a life-transforming and life-changing application that he gives. If you would open up your Bibles with me in John chapter 6, John chapter 6. And we have some Bibles in the middle aisle. If somebody would just reach under their chair and just pass them to the outside. We're going to look at John chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 25 through 35 this morning. And I'm going to um, start with verses 25 through 29. John chapter 6, verses 25 through 29. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Jesus had done this great miracle, and afterwards the people had left. Afterwards the disciples had left. And then, in all likelihood, it was called the next day, the people were hungry again. And they thought, oh my goodness, you know, Jesus did this amazing thing yesterday. Let's go find Jesus. Let's go have Jesus give us breakfast. 
And so they went to go look for him, and that's where we start off in verse 6, and verse 25 of chapter 6. So when they found Jesus on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. All of us get hungry. And hunger is a good thing, especially when that hunger leads us to things that are truly fulfilling, things that truly are meaningful. Now, we're hungry for things other than just food. We're hungry for things like materials. We're hungry for money. We hunger for physical life, physical strength, physical health. We hunger for meaning. We hunger for satisfaction. We hunger for things like love and joy and peace. And Jesus understands this in our lives. But too often we are looking for it in the wrong places. And we are looking for it for the wrong reasons. And that's what's represented here in all of these people going to Jesus, looking for him to give, him, give them more bread. Jesus says twice in the passage that we're going to look at, truly, truly. In our version, in the NIV, verse 26 it's translated very truly. But in the original version, in the Bible, in the Greek, it's truly, truly, and it's the word amen, amen. God has spoken to us, and he's giving to us a challenge in these words. He's challenging the people here because they don't understand. They don't understand what it really means to follow after God. They don't understand why Jesus gave them the food. They don't understand what the meaning behind the food is. And so Jesus wants them to know this. But they themselves, they, don't, they keep hearing things from a surface level. Jesus says, you know, you shouldn't be working for food. You shouldn't be working for food to fill your tummy. And then they say, well, well what kind of food should we do? What must we do? What must we do so that we can get the things that we need? And Jesus says, you know, you don't understand, but I'm going to try to help you here. I'm going to challenge you to something. I'm going to challenge you to the greatest work you can ever do in life, a work that's more important than working for food, a work that's more important than working for meaning, a work that's more important than working for money. And this is it. The greatest work of all in your life is to have faith in Jesus. The greatest work of all of our lives is to have faith in Jesus. Now, Jesus knows this, okay, but they didn't know it. And so that's why Jesus is challenging them. And I think this is why Jesus challenges me. He wants to remind me over and over and over again that the things that I think I really need don't come from this world. The things that I think I really need to work after don't happen here on earth. They're beyond earth. They're in the heavens. They're with God. They are with Jesus. See, Jesus knows what I really need. 
And what I really need, he tells me right here, is the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. The most challenging work for all of us is not our jobs that we have here on earth. The most challenging work for all of us is to have faith in Jesus. And that this faith would be the thing that helps us to navigate our way through life so that everything else that we have has meaning. It doesn't mean we don't stop our jobs. It doesn't mean that we don't work for other things. But everything else that we do work for finds its meaning when we have faith in Jesus. Turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And it's in the Old Testament, and it's after Psalm. It's, it's the biggest book after Psalm, so you shouldn't have a trouble finding it. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 2 and 3. And there the prophet Isaiah says, Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare, Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. God wants more than our bodies to live. God wants our soul to live. He wants us to have life within ourselves. He wants us to work the right way. And so Jesus says the way to build up our soul, the way to have this meaning in life is to do the work of God, which is to believe in him. John MacArthur says this, the only work God desired was faith or trust in Jesus as Messiah and the Son of God. This is the main work of our lives. Now, this is not a work that saves us. This is the work of God, of faith in him that we have when we are saved, when we come to him. When we hear the word work, sometimes maybe we think like, well, the, how does that work with grace? Like if God gives us grace, then I don't have to do anything. Well, that's, that's, we don't have to do anything for our salvation, but once we are saved, grace wants to work powerfully out of us. I love this quote from Dallas Willard. You've probably heard me use it before, but he says this, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. And when Jesus says the work of God is this, that is effort. In fact, the word work means effort. It is an effort that we have so that our faith in God will be real and our faith in God will be active and our faith in God will be applied. And so Jesus continues this teaching and now he gives us an illustration and he illustrates his point by teaching about true manna. Not just the manna that the Israelites ate, but the true manna that we find here in John chapter 6. I want to read verses 30 through 34. In John chapter 6, verse 30 through 34. And there it says, So they asked him, What sign then will you give? that we may see it and believe you. What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Notice in verse 32, we have here the second truly, truly. When Jesus is saying truly, truly, or in our version is very truly, he is emphasizing that I really want you to pay attention to this. And what he is teaching the Israelites is that they had it all wrong. See, Moses did get manna from God. When he had interceded for the people, the people were hungry. They were beginning their trek through the desert. They didn't see any food out there in the desert, and they began to complain. And so Moses brought their complaint to God, and God heard their complaint. And God brought them meat at night. He brought them quails at twilight. But in the morning when they woke up, the dew that had been on the ground had turned to these white flakes, and it was manna. The word manna simply translated means, what is it? And so it's not real, not real spiritual, all right? But the word manna means, what is it? And every morning, as I told the children, for 40 years, that was their breakfast. It was this manna that they had every morning. And they thought, well, that was the manna from heaven that God was talking about. And Jesus says, no, there is manna not from earth. See, the manna Moses got really was manna from earth. And Jesus corrects them. says, so with the manna Jesus, Moses gave you, that was not manna from heaven. The manna from heaven is me. I'm the manna from heaven. I am the one that feeds you. I am the one that gives you life. The manna, even though it was 40 years, it was still temporary. But the manna God gives us in Jesus is forever. The manna that the Israelites was for that nation. But the manna of Jesus Christ is for the bread for all the world. The manna that the people got in the desert was for their physical life. And the manna of Jesus is for the spiritual life. God wants us to live for that which is eternal. He wants us to understand that everything on here, everything on earth at very best is a sign of God's provision of what he wants us to have in heaven. He doesn't want us to live for things on earth. Um, I drive a Camry, so I, I know what Camrys look like. And um, I was driving down the street one day, and I saw this Camry pull up next to me, and it pulled up a little further than me, so I looked over there, and, and I looked at the back, and, and the guy had removed the little T logo, the, the Toyota logo, and um, he had replaced it with an L logo, um, the Lexus logo. Now, now, Lexus and Toyota are the same company, all right? Um, and so the logos fit perfectly. And, um, and I'm looking at that, and I'm going, hey, dude, you know, you're not fooling anybody, <laughs> all right? Come on, man. It, you know, if you can't afford a Lexus, just be happy that you're driving a Toyota, like me, all right? You know? And so it's like, wow. You know, and I think, but that's such a picture of all of us. See, if we think, if we think that, you know, oh, wow, I got a really nice house. I have a really nice car. I'm wearing really nice clothes. I have lots of money in the bank. Then we're missing it. We're thinking that, that the treasures of the world are what's really important, and I've got to look good, and I've got to get a better car. 
got to get a better house. You know, I got to get more money. I have to get more power, more prestige. I got to get more, 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 more. And then I'll feel good. But it never satisfies. And if we fool anybody, we're mostly fooling ourselves. But God says, you know what? I want you to live for that which is eternal. And it is me, Jesus says. I am the bread of heaven. And so this is really our big point for the day. Okay, this is really it. Everything we really need in this world is outside of this world. Everything we really need in this world is outside of the world. And Jesus had been giving this illustration of the manna to show that to the people. See, they thought that if they could just get fed here on earth, if Jesus could just give them breakfast, if Jesus could do what God had done for the Israelites for 40 years, they would be happy. They would have stuff on earth and that would make their life complete or they would be fulfilled. And Jesus is saying, you got it all wrong. See, the stuff of this earth is not meant to satisfy. The stuff of this earth is meant to turn us to the one who does satisfy us. And Jesus wants us to know that the application of what he's been teaching us here is that he himself is our satisfaction. And that which will most satisfy us and that which will most glorify God is when we place our whole faith in him and we eat of Jesus. We eat with Jesus. We share the bread of Jesus with other people. Verse 35, Jesus then declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go away hungry. And whoever believes in me will never, ever be thirsty. The two big words here of application are the words come and believe. Come to Jesus, always believing he will feed your need and satisfy your thirst. Come to him. Believe in him. Now, now you came here today, okay? You came here. This is Jesus' church. This is God's church. You came here because there's something in you that needs something from God. You've come. But just coming here isn't enough. You must also believe. You must also believe. Now, there are people outside of this room who believe who didn't come. Not just to this church, but to any church. They say they believe in Jesus, but they don't come. They don't come to really worship him. They don't show that their life really is devoted to Jesus. If you ask them, they'll say, oh, I believe in Jesus. But there's nothing that they do that shows that they really come to him, that they worship him, that they obey him. So it's not enough to just come to Jesus, like coming here is good, but it's not enough. It must be added with belief, faith, trust, diligence, to lean on him and to seek from him the things that we truly need. So when we come and we believe, then we learn what real satisfaction is. I love this quote from John Piper. And he says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. What he's saying to us here is that when I truly find my satisfaction in life in Jesus, that means that I'm also giving glory to God. 
See, when I tell you that I'm most satisfied in love because of my wife, that means that I'm giving glory to my wife because she satisfies me. She gives me what I need in the areas of, of affection and love, of, unfor- of forgiveness and of kindness, of unselfishness. When I tell you that I'm satisfied in love with my children, like my children satisfy me, okay, that gives glory to my children. When I tell you that I am most satisfied in God, when you tell somebody you are most satisfied in God, God is like, all right. He's giving me glory. She's giving me glory because she recognizes that what she has and what he has is from me, and they're so satisfied, they are content in life, that gives God glory. Jesus wants the glory, but he also wants to satisfy us. Jesus says he is the true bread from heaven. He is the true bread of God. He is the true bread of life that we just read here in verse 35. He is the true soul food that we need. He is that which will never, ever disappoint us. Look at the promise, he says. He says, if you come to me, I will never, ever let you go hungry. It's emphatic. I will never, no, never let you go hungry. When you believe in me, I will never, no, never let you stay thirsty. I will fulfill your needs. And the most amazing and wonderful thing about this is that the more, the more we eat, the more we want. The more we drink, the more we can consume. God wants us to take all of it, and he'll keep giving us more of his grace, more of his love, more of his satisfaction, so we can give him more of the glory. God wants us to eat with him. God wants us to share with him. Now, we like to eat. All of us like to eat. Um, I saw this video, which is, uh, was taken in Australia this week. I mean, I just saw it this week. It was done a while ago. Um, but it was done uh, by this, these people, and they, they interviewed some families. So they interviewed the parents first. And the question that they asked the parents was this. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would you choose? If you could have dinner with anyone, who would you choose? Now, now you can think about that. But they, they were saying things like movie stars. They named some movie stars living and, and also passed away. Um, they, lived, they named politicians. They named philanthropists. They named people who did really good deeds. They, did, they named people who would do things that changed the world. They named, and they were like, yeah, those are people that we would like to eat with. If we could have dinner with anyone, this is who we would have. And then they brought in their children. And they asked the children the exact same question. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would you choose? And the kids said, anyone? Well, I'd want to have dinner with my whole family. I'd want to have dinner with my mom and dad. I would like to have dinner with those who I love the most. Now, I'm going to give you some bread. And it's just like the bread I gave the children. Okay? So, Al, can you help? And Daryl? And Chris, could you help?
And I'd like us to think about this as you're getting your bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Don't eat it yet. Okay. I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now this is my challenge for you. I want you to take this home and put it on your dinner table, wherever you eat with your children. And I want this to be a reminder to you to remind your children every time you eat. And remind yourselves, if you don't have children, that everything I have comes from God. Everything I have comes from God. I want us to be reminded that when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, it is more than just the filling of the tummy. Because eventually, just like I told the kids, you either got to eat this or it's going to mold. Okay, so I do want you to eat it. But I want you to leave the empty bag there on your table to remind you that wherever there's an emptiness in your soul, wherever there's a lack of satisfaction, wherever there's a need for something that you have that you think you're really thirsting for, some, some purpose, some problem in life that you need God, you need help with, that it is God who is going to fulfill that need. He will never, no, never let his children go hungry. He will never, no, never let his children remain thirsty. And this is a reminder to you. Now, if you bring your bag back to me, every Sunday, and you show it to me, um, I'm not going to put anything in it. That's for your kids. But if you bring your bag to me every Sunday and you show it to me, um, I will write your name down and I will pray for you every day, whatever you ask me to pray for. Okay? Whatever you ask me to pray for. That God will fill your bag, your heart, with what you really need. See, I, I can't. Nobody can. Only God can. And I mean that. If you come to me, I will write it down, and I will pray for you for the next month. God wants us to know that he takes care of us. And it is up to us to receive the bread that he gives. Just like I have to choose to eat it. I have to choose to believe. I have to choose to come. That is the promise. That is the challenge. That is the application for us. Everything we really need in this world is outside of this world. It's with Jesus. It's with God. Would you turn with me into your outline and you'll see a responding to God. There's a verse there, Hebrews 11.6, from the New Living Translation, and it says this. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Same thing Hebrews tells us. We must come. We must believe. We must sincerely seek, and God will reward. There is a prayer there right after that. And would you say that prayer with me as we close? Lord Jesus, feed me with yourself today, so that I may abide in you and you in me. For you alone are true food, and you alone meet all my deepest needs. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the true food of heaven. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. 
We thank you, Lord, because you are the bread of life. You are the bread of God. You are the bread that we need. Lord, we turn to you, and we ask you to fill us with all that we need. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.